Gonzaga has time to do something. Suggs for the win! What is up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of 3ND. I'm Paul Lombardi, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Randy Room Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. In tonight's episode, we got Donald Hill and A.J. Etter-Williams. Later, Brian Cannon will join the show of the Three Man Weave podcast. Guys, how's it going? What's going on? What's going on? Great. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course. Got to bring you guys on. It was good maybe four months ago that, that I was on your guys' show. We had a great time. Um, talked, I think it was the it was the NBA Finals going on around that time. Um, yeah. That was that was good stuff. So I had to bring you guys on, you know, get a, get a couple of aspects. You're a Suns fan, AJ. You're a Lakers yeah. fan, Hill. Um, so first off, thoughts on the season? Yeah, go ahead, AJ. <laughs> I mean, I don't have many complaints. I'm actually loving the season. Everything is going good. You know, Devin, he had a little uh little hamstring issue, but you know, that's a, that ain't that ain't nothing but a little bit of straightening. We're gonna get that taken care of and we still we still in a good little spot. So season's going great for me. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We're starting to get a couple guys back, you know, starting to get a chemistry, starting to get that cohesiveness together. Um, you know, defensively we're getting better, offensively we're getting better. We just Getting some guys back, getting that chemistry building. So it started off a little rocky, but it's getting better. So that's all I can continue to hope for. <laughs> Any thoughts on uh, the the age issue? That's why it's uh, that's why it's a slow start. Honestly, these are seasoned veterans that do not really care about October, November basketball. You know. They really don't really start cranking up until close to All-Star break, until after All-Star break. So I can understand it to a certain degree, but for them to blow so many leads, like if you actually, you know, been paying attention, like we've had a whole bunch of leads and we're just blowing them, that that has nothing to do with y'all just being old veterans that don't care about the virtual season. It's like y'all not really locked in, y'all don't really care, you know, and that's just a problem. Absolutely. That's totally it. And, you know, they're they're postseason players at the end of the day. You know? Yeah, you know, they used to come – a lot of them used to, you know, the buyout players. Like you said, postseason players, they rev up towards the end. They get they get it popping. But we got to get let, there first, fellas. 
And let's not forget, you know, the season shift, how the postseason was a little bit different in a different time frame than it was in previous years. So those older yeah. postseason players, they didn't really get that offseason that, they, that they're normally used to as well. So, you know, those those minutes do add up, especially when you're when you've put, you know, that amount of minutes you've put in already in the league. It will add up. It, it makes sense that they try to coast and wait till they crank it up. Oh, it's true. And I think that, you know, those are two teams on completely different paths. You know, the Suns have a completely young team that is, you know, ready to play 82 games and play them tough um, and a great defensive mindset, too. But we'll, we'll get into the Suns and the Lakers a little bit later. We got a couple of comments here. Henry and Dichter from Review Preview. What's up? What's good, guys? What's up, Hank? Hank. What's hey. good? It was good. And we got Tom Scavetta, the head honcho. Good good evening, gentlemen. Let's go, Bucks. I, you know, Tom is an op this week. You know, we played the Giants, so I'm not really <laughs> I'm not speaking to Tom this week. <laughs> I I, I watched the, the Giants. I'm a Chiefs fan, so I watched the Giants Chiefs game um with Tom. So I, I gotta I gotta give credit to the Giants because they because we beat them and then they were able to beat the Raiders. So I you know that's that's all I that's all I needed from them, <laughs> luckily. But you know, did my my brother's a Cowboys fan, so yeah, I, I I got a got a bit of a soft spot for them. But good. Good with me. yeah, but we'll we'll dump over a little bit. Uh, Damian Lillard trade rumors. So it's got two years, forty two point four mil and forty five point six mil left on his contract. Um, he wants another two year, hundred million dollar plus deal. And he doesn't necessarily want out of Portland, but it's, there's obviously the trade rumors going on that, you know, what what would be the best avenue to go in? Would it be better to trade him, rebuild, bring in a whole new set, or hold on to him and try to completely build around him? What do you guys think on the Damian Lillard rumors? I, can I go first, AJ? Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. If, if they were going to trade him, they should have already done it. Yeah. Definitely. So, and my ask, my my thing, my viewpoint is try to bring in somebody else. Like I know the Ben Simmons rumors were, were heating up, and it got derailed with CJ McCullough's injury. But my thing is try something different first with Dane and see if that can. Because he doesn't want to leave. He keeps telling no. you he doesn't want to exactly. leave. So you have him. But if you make another trade. And and it, and it still doesn't work. Then you still have that ability. He's still damn. You can still trade him next year. Yeah. Oh, Kyler, bad pick. But for <laughs> me, I don't pay attention to any of these uh, Trailblazers trade rumors because Dame has said it numerous times. I don't want to be traded. Dame had the opportunity to leave. He didn't have to. That's he didn't have to resign. So to me, if. Either these trade rumors are just because NBA reporters are so bored or somebody in the Blazers front office is trying to test the waters and say, hey, see what we could possibly get, see what offers are possibly out there. But I don't like Dame has told us he doesn't want to get traded. He doesn't want to go anywhere. So like Hill was saying, you need to figure out what you can do to put things out there and put a piece like next to Dame where they feel like they can take the next step because I don't. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I also don't a hundred percent believe him. And the reason why I don't hundred percent believe him is because now he's pressuring them so hard for that extension. Now yeah. 
you get you sign that extension, it, you're you're damn near untradeable. And I know we've seen trades happen, and he can't still be dealt. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's like if you sign that extension for another hundred mil, like your contract is 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 unmovable. So it's like you're putting the team, the franchise, in a rock in a hard place, and it's really not a rock in a hard place. Honestly, it's just you're putting real pressure on them to make a decision way faster than I, it seems like they want to. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Paul. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, technically, it, it would be kind of good for them to have Dame as an untradeable piece because now it it will help your franchise. He is the best thing that you had, like, ever. Yeah. He's the best player that, you know, to me, that the Portland Trailblazers have ever had. He is, when you think of Portland, that's who you think of. You don't think of nobody else anymore. What about yeah. Bill Walton? So when you think of the Portland Trailblazers, you don't think about anybody else anymore. <laughs> throw, it da- throw it down, big man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, I, it, it, it will make him, you know, an untradeable piece. But if he doesn't want to be traded, that's perfectly fine. Re-up on him. And now you need to build around your true franchise guy. And so you don't need to worry about, you know, making a move for Dame. And if you are looking to blow it up, you're going to basically be like, okay, let's get rid of Dame and blow up and go on a complete rebuild. And if that's what you're doing, they should have been trying to trade him anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you both. I think that he's not going to go anywhere. I don't see him getting traded anytime soon. And just like you said, if he signs that contract too, 50 plus mil a year, you know, he's, he is amazing player. My favorite player in the league, um, top 75 player all time, but it's, Nobody's going to be picking up that contract in his age 35, age 36 season. He's locked into Portland if he signs that, if he signs that contract by far, unless, you know, he's, unless he hits new heights that he might not have even hit yet. But I, I think the, the best bets, exactly, the kind of the trade window for them to trade him has already passed. They've already basically agreed that, you know, they're going to keep him. There's a lot of, drama going on with their general managers and all that kind of stuff. So it makes it definitely questionable, like what, you know, who their new general manager will actually think if they want to blow it up or whatever. But I think that their best route is they, they do have to make a trade. And I think trading Nurkic and CJ McCollum is, is the best trade packaging those guys to possibly get a defender or a defensive minded player. I know that Ben Simmons trade rumors have, have been around. I mean, I feel like he could play well with Lillard. I really don't. I I've been trying to speculate where Ben Simmons is going to go for a long time now. And I, I cannot put anything together. So it's very difficult to predict that, but I think that it, it's difficult because McCollum is such a great player too, but they, he's, he's so similar to Dame in that backcourt that mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like the two of them cancel each other out a lot of times. And to be quite honest, if I'm, I know you said package CJ and Nurkic, you're not like, you better take CJ and some picks and some swaps or whatever the case may yeah, be. No, I don't no. know. Like the, the 76ers, they've ruined Ben Simmons trade, you know, stock by just holding on to him. And when we all know that they want like the issues that have been going on. And so, they tried, They kept saying, "Oh, we're gonna work it out. We're gonna work it out." And now you want to off? Like you want to put him back on the block? No, nah, it's it's fine. You can take this deal, or you can just have him still being in the in your facility unruly or whatever the case may be. But here, this is this is what we got for you. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think so, that. So you said you would trade Yurkic and and CJ McCullough for who? That's the who question. Me? 
That's that's a that's no, a great I question. To, I was talking to Paul because okay. when, when you first said that, in my mind, my mind immediately went to Miles Turner since he was yeah. on the block. <laughs> right. Yep. Is that a significant upgrade? It's an hey. upgrade from Yurkic. It's it's an upgrade from Nurkic, but, but Nurkic, Nurkic. It, it's hey they foreign, so I'm, I'm going to torture some names. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I mean, it's a great question because uh, you know McCollum is hurt a lot though too, and especially right now you can't trade him because yeah. he has the collapsed lung, and which is obviously awful. Hopefully that he comes back sooner rather than later. But the the most difficult parts is like who are you going to get for them? Obviously, obviously McCollum and Nurkic would not be enough to get Ben Simmons. You'd have to throw in a ton of draft picks, all that kind of stuff. If you really actually wanted him, and the Sixers, and do you actually want him too? Because the Sixers, you know, they they've set their trade market so high for him that it's, it's it makes it difficult to even imagine. But I do feel like a trade does have to be made in some sense. But it's very it's very interesting to try to try to figure out um you know who would be the right piece i don't know who but i believe this like i believe a third team has to get involved yeah no just, definitely yeah i think i think this just can't be a, a, a you know a team you know two team a two team deal i think a third team has to get involved that way it's you know added boost for all parties involved and all parties feel like they can get you know, as close to equal value as possible, because when you, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying CJ is a superstar, but he's on that line of like, you know, a, a yeah. star. And yeah. usually when you start getting up into that, you don't get equal value for what you're trading. Most of the time, sometimes there's a, most of the time there's a loser. Sometimes most teams feel like they may have, you know, come out of on, you know, on an equal playing field or they got over, but sometimes it's, you know, huh, we, we did it because we just needed to go in a different direction. Actually, yeah, think that. that uh, actually, think that rumored uh, CJ McCullough, um, Ben Simmons trade was a win-win for both parties. In my it, opinion, though, that and, and that, that's where I said I think people sitting on their hands too long that ruined that ruined that trade because now he has that collapsed lung. To me, it's yeah. like you got to pull the trigger on that. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think that even for the Sixers, that's that's an amazing trade. You know, I think they it, you're getting much more value than obviously Ben Simmons is sitting on the bench right now. He's not even he's not even playing. You're getting a ton of value if you can add McCollum to that team. And you uh, just know who can create his own shot, get you a bucket when needed, oh, and yeah. gives you that much needed shooting that you've been needing for what the last three, four seasons. Yeah. And I think I think McCollum is already pushing star level. And if he goes somewhere where he's the ball dominant player, I think that he reaches an even higher level. Yeah, I think he has the talent to to do that. I I view him differently. I believe he is a good number two, and yeah. I believe that that is who he is. He's a number two. If we if we go somewhere else and we think he's going to be somebody that he's not, we've seen him sometimes play without Dame, and you know, it, 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 you don't have the success. Right. Yeah, he's a number two. Let's just be clear. And if he would, but he would be one of the perfect fit. With the Sixers, because right now... Yes, because him being that number two at the 76 is a perfect fit. It's a yeah, perfect exactly. fit. That's true. It's true. Even being oh. a number three, if you would slot him behind yeah. Harris. I believe he better than Harris, but... I'm about to say, even, no, we, even, we, even if we, know, we know who Tobias Cole is. We know who he yeah. is, and he, he, he's a three. But even, <laughs> even like you said, even if you say, okay, he's a three, like you said, he's a fit, but I'm hearing that the Sixers weren't weren't very in love with CJ McCullen. So yeah. who knows? Like, who knows what they're going to do? 
But do you, but AJ, you said something about his um, Ben Simmons trade value. Does the fact that most a lot of players are coming out saying that they want to play with Ben Simmons do that up his trade value to you? Same same question to you, Paul. I don't necessarily think it ups his trade value, but I do think teams will be interested in possibly shooting their shot. I don't know how how willing and what they're willing to give up, but I think when you hear that maybe your top guy is, you know, wouldn't mind playing with that type of person, you might kick the tires on it. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. No, I, I think I think the same thing. I think that it's it's tough because I don't necessarily um, know. It, it's it's very difficult to even predict what kind of trade market there is right now for Ben Simmons and for CJ McCollum. I mean, you, especially with um, the way that, you know, with McCollum being hurt, we really have no idea. But it's, I mean, it's a good question. And it's just, it's tough to, it's tough really to figure out um, what kind of value you're going to get for in a trade like that. And I think the reason why I like that trade to Portland for Ben Simmons a lot is because one of the biggest issues that stemmed from the the 76ers time is there was kind of that power struggle between Joel and Ben Simmons because they were trying to figure out my team, my team. So I don't feel like it meshed. I think if Ben Simmons goes to, if Ben Simmons goes to Portland, he knows that this is Dame's this is Dame's team. He falls in line. And sometimes that's what you need. And he'll have to he'll have to understand his role. And his role is yes, I don't like I may be, you know, scared as hell to shoot, but that's not what I'm necessarily here for. I'm here to defend, you know, distribute, be a playmaker and get other people involved. And I think that may be something that he falls in line with and he'll be comfortable because now he's not trying to be the number one. He doesn't feel like he has the pressure of, Oh, you know, this is my team. I have to do it. And I need to have the ball in my hands. It's like, Hey, let me, let me get the ball in the dame's hands. Let me defend and let me just do my part and do what I can to get us to win. And if it don't work and if it doesn't work, you can just trade Dame and just build around Ben. That's true. He's younger, but, but Hey, CJ's hurt. So who knows when, yeah. who knows, but got like until February, Exactly. See if he can come back by February and, you know, make some noise in January. Maybe maybe we get something like that at the trade deadline. But some of the trade market started to kick up now because, like you say, some of the free agents now are now eligible to be traded. Traded, yeah. Um, so, I think it starts the 15th, right? Yeah, it starts yeah. the 15th. So now with that with that being said, some of these rumors, some of his pack, you can, you can now see the floor of his value. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. it, it, and it may rise because, you know, some injuries may occur. You may be like, hey, I may need to pull the trigger. May need to try something, and yeah. we'll see. No, definitely. I'm I'm hyped to see if, if we actually get a Ben Simmons. So two things. First, we got Brian here. What's up? How's it going? What What's up? Going on? Yeah. What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, of course. Glad you can make it. You know, um, any thoughts on the Damian Lillard uh, um, trade? I just. <laughs> I just what you know. I feel like Portland has to do something. They gotta do something. But I, I just can't see him shipping Dane and wanting to build around Ben Simmons. I just yeah. That that to me that's going backwards. Uh, unfortunately, I do feel like the Portland marriage between Dame and Portland. I feel like what what are we doing at this point? 
I don't, you don't have enough to go for the gusto this year. It's been how many years at this point? Mm-hmm. You're not going to have enough to go for the gusto next year. So it's like, for both your sakes, you got to get out while you both still can. Um, is Ben Simmons the answer to getting out of this for both of them? I, I don't know. But those are the rumors. Um, if I'm Portland, I'm staying the hell away from Ben Simmons or anybody, you know, with that has shown me the, those type of characteristics in, in, in games. Um, I, I know he's super talented. I know he's athletic. There's so many upsides to him. But mentally, first and foremost, if you're a professional athlete, you 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 got to be there mentally. If you're not there mentally, none none of that other stuff even matters. So it's like for me as a franchise, I'm staying away from not just Ben Simmons, any player that I feel like you know has those same challenges that I feel like he has. Yeah, no, absolutely. We got a bunch of thoughts on the Damian Lillard situation. Well, first we got Tom <laughs> on, on the Cowboys. <laughs> And we got Hank. Because it wasn't the Giants. Lord have mercy. Wanting him to join the Knicks. <laughs> Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Hey, Joe Biver, what's up, baby? Bing bong. <laughs> I, I was telling I'm telling you, I like I was telling you guys about it that when I was go when I was in the city going to the Knicks game, the amount of bing bongs that I heard like all throughout the city was just ridiculous. It was, <laughs> I can only imagine. It's like imagine. it's our slogan now. It's it's amazing. And love to have him on the Knicks, but after what we will have to trade for Lillard, we would have nothing left. That's very true. You and definitely don't have to give up the house. Exactly, exactly. And going back to the face of the Blazers, yeah. uh, that was the one I was going to mention. That was the one I was going to bring up, but I Lillard is got to be able to dribble with both hands to be the face of the franchise. Well, <laughs> hey, Clyde the Clyde, I know, but hey, he, he ain't the one. Yeah, exactly. He might have been the one before day. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He was the one up until 2015 or so, I would say. But another another guy in the trade market is Miles Turner. We were alluding to him a little bit before. He's got one year, 17 and a half mil left on his contract. Uh, Pacers are looking to rebuild, and he wants out. He's not happy with the, uh, <laughs> his role with the team. What do you guys think on a potential Miles Turner trade? Do you think he – factors into a Damian Lillard trade do you think what teams do you think fits uh his place at the best I like him in the Knicks honestly um but it's also it's coming back to what are you willing to give up um I also would like him in Portland but I don't you know he's just a piece of the Damian Lillard trade if if that happens and Pacers don't have enough I, I just don't feel like they have enough to get Dame out of there. Um, no, he even, would be he would be going to play with Dame if he would. Yeah, if he was going. Well, yeah. true. Um, and I, either either way, well, I don't know if Portland has enough without shipping Dame to get to pull that off. Like who uh, with McCullough off? You know, what I mean, can you trade him like that? Trade who? Can you trade people while they? You know what I mean? Nah, you can't nah. trade. Yeah. yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I do, I would like to see Turner and Dane that would be beautiful, but it's like, how will it work? I honestly think New York has enough pieces. Y- y'all aren't 
use him to pull off this trade. Um, so it's like you could you could pair him in New York. You could have a, a a good core in New York if you go for Miles Turner. Um, but there's other potential landing spots for him. It, it's, it's it's you know like Hill alluded to before I came on that 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 deadline is coming up to where you know offers are going to be able to be made and we're starting to see the floor. So pretty soon we're going to get close to the ceiling after that. So, you know, but I think New York is a good potential landing spot for miles. But if Portland can pull it off, I say, go for it. Why not? That's, that could be something to keep Dame there. I know Dame keeps saying that he wants to be there forever, but I, I just can't see somebody wanting to be there. If we doing the same thing every year. So, I'm going to give two teams real quick, and they're kind of on two different spectrums. The first team I'm going to give uh, is the Hornets. I think it's a young team, and they have a lot of potential. And I think, like, someone like Miles Turner could help take them over the top. And actually, I, I won't say it'll make them Eastern Conference contenders, but it'll make them play out like a playoff team. And that's yeah. just something that you want. You know, you want that, mm-hmm. you know, that growth and kind of take it to the next level. So, I think the Hornets would be great. And if the Pacers are looking to rebuild, you kind of want to you you don't necessarily want to get players back when you're looking to rebuild. You may want to get expiring contracts, picks, and things along those lines. And I think that's something that the Charlotte Hornets can offer. And another team that I think would be a great destination for Miles Turner is Golden State, because for a rebuilding team, you can give them James Wiseman, you know, because they're a team that's looking to contend. So you want kind of like you want that player that is proven. So you give them that cornerstone of somebody that they can build around, a former, you know, top draft pick and James Wiseman, but you give them that player who is, you know, established in the league. We kind of know who he is and what he has to offer. And I think that just makes Golden State that much more dangerous. You give them someone who is, you know, a, a rim protector, athletic. He can, you know, just eat off of, you know, some of that, those, those shots almost like I'm not comparing them to that, but when Dwight Howard was in, in Orlando and he was just pulling down boards and he had all, all those three point shooters around him. I think that just makes them that much more dangerous and, and gives them that rim protection that they need. So I think Golden State would actually be a really good landing spot. I'm thinking about the math. If they can keep Luca, obviously, if they can keep Luca, but they can keep Porzingis and you can add a Miles Turner to that team, I yeah. think that can I think that can actually make them well way formidable to this contender that they actually think that they are. And they can be, um, because they're not, but <laughs> with, with him, he would definitely get them over the top with, a, with another legitimate piece. Oh, no? I think that I, I like those, I like the Mavericks a lot, and I like the Warriors a lot too. That's a team that I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking of because you know, they've they've been able to piece together a bunch of first round picks over the last couple of years. They have James Wiseman, which is a tradable piece who I think is going to be a good player. And then you got you had the two lottery picks, Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody this past year. They can po- possibly throw one of those guys in too and make it even that much more enticing so they wouldn't have to trade as much else. I could you know especially if the pieces are rebuilding, why would you not take Wiseman and uh, you'll you know, take Wiseman if you're rebuilding for sure. Take, exactly. Take Wiseman and either Kuminga or Moody. You know, two guys who Kuminga has a ton of potential, above the rim kind of player, and Moody is has a ton of ton of potential to become a great scorer. So, I think that you know those those are definitely some good ideas. I I like the Knicks obviously, but it's <laughs> it's going to be 
Um, I think that he would fit the team perfectly because we need a guy that can stretch the floor. It's, you know, it's doable. It is. It it's is. Doable. And the you know our big men with Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel is not working out because they're too too similar of the same players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that having a big man that can stretch the floor is going to be the best bet to trying to get trying to you know become a little bit more competitive. They, they, they have a lot of things that they have to do. There's uh, no doubt about that. But I think Miles Turner is a kind of, is a piece that could be really big for the Knicks. Absolutely. And, and, I, I, and, didn't wanna, I didn't want to bring it up, you know, because cliche, but the pundits have Boston and L.A. as players, you know, for Miles Turner. So. And, I was, and I was just about to say the Celtics because they could definitely use him. I – the Lakers don't have to treat trade assets to get them, so I'm not even yeah. going to entertain that. Then Boston can go get them if they want to, but they're trying to save cap space for next year for this imaginary free agent that's going to just come to Boston. You know, <laughs> I think that they can make a move if they can make a move and commit, but we'll see. Like I said before, Boston been playing defense for all these years. They should have just either they should have committed and actually either went for it or just, you know, blew it up, build around one person, but they ain't been doing that. So they never really went and got somebody. Yeah. They did. Remember? (laughs) They went and got Gordon Hayward, man. What are you talking about? (laughs) And they got Kyrie, too. (laughs) Facts. They did. They did. Like I said, they should have got somebody to take them over to home. And Kyrie, and Kyrie promised him he was going to be here. Yeah, so, yeah, he did. So, please, please don't get um, AJ started, Paul. <laughs> Kyrie, Kyrie is a completely different, different thing that you know you could definitely make a whole episode about. Justin. I just can't. I really, dang, like we really haven't seen him. <laughs> it's it's amazing, right? Like, it's it's amazing, yo. It's amazing. It's it's interesting to think about. Like I, I like it hits you kind of that like we're. A third of the way through the season, we haven't even seen Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving at all. This you know what? You know what? I've given them a lot of slack over the years, but this I I, I can applaud anybody that stands up for what they believe in. I'm not saying yeah, that I exactly would have made his choices, but he's standing on his belief, and I can applaud anybody for doing that. Um, the rest of the stuff agree. that he talks about, I can't vouch for. But standing <laughs> on his belief, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I can I can support him with that. So, but it's amazing we haven't seen him. Uh, definitely true. So now jumping over, we'll talk some Phoenix Suns now. Uh, Twenty-one and four to start the season. Their defense, I think, is the best in the league. There's there's a lot of uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of different opinions about that. I would say, but you know, you got CP 3s having another tremendous season, averaging ten point two assists. Sure. Um, they they got yeah. they got so many key defensive players off the bench. EJ, t- tell us about the Suns a little bit. So, I felt going into the season last year, I felt we would make a you know step up. You know, coming off of what we did in the bubble, I was still kind of apprehensive of what CP3 would do with the Suns because I didn't feel like he fit our window of, you know, what it looked like we were trying to do. It looked like we were trying to be a team that would be competing for a playoff spot. And I know what they were trying to do. It was like, it was a go for it move. But to me, it seemed like some of the pieces that we gave up wouldn't necessarily be there to actually hit the window that we would have. I didn't expect 
Chris Paul to have the effect that he did, you know, as far as like just immediately. You know, we saw what he did when he was in OKC. So we know he has the talents, but it just seemed as if what we had was still a couple steps away. I, you know, when we traded for Miles Bridges, I was like, eventually he's going to be a great defender, but he's really light in the ass. He's got to get in the weight room. If he gets in the weight room and gets aggressive, he could be one of those top guys, you know, on on, on the wing, and he could still score the ball and be but a playmaker. Tangibles is freaky on that wing, right? And he Woo. got those long arms. And then mm-hmm. when we when we drafted Cam Johnson, everyone was they felt like we reached for an older prospect with some, you know, injury history. He had the hip and stuff like that, and so they were just kind of, you know, confused, like how is he going to fit in this? Um, but you know, flat out baller, he can shoot. And as you saw by some of those dunks in the postseason, they forgot he can still get up a little bit. So he yeah. does have athleticism. So he's, he's, a baller. he's so he's more than just a shooter. But I still felt like, you know, how will these players kind of mesh? And not to mention DeAndre Aiden is still kind of finding his way. And he missed a big chunk of, you know, what was about to happen before the bubble because let's, let's not forget he got suspended those games for uh, PDs. So – he missed a lot of time in his development. The season came to a halt. Then we went to the bubble, and then we never really had our full team. Some injuries happened and stuff like that. And then, you know, come to it where we just kind of take off, which was completely shocking. So after seeing what we did last year and how that team – like, Monty, to me, that's that's the deciding factor. You know, mm-hmm. Monty has Devin Booker bought in. They have such a great rapport. And – so many people around the league have always given Monty, you know, good praise and stuff like that. And from, you know, how they always say, how they always say it's top down. I don't necessarily want to say it's top down because of what's going on with that team, but I believe it starts with James Jones. James Jones came in and really just changed everything. He put some good players on this team, even when, you know, we were still a bottom of the barrel team. He had some players that made you think, like, okay, this could be a good player. Kelly Oubre had the best. He was that was the best version of Kelly Oubre we had ever seen. He actually wanted to be here. Him and Devin, yeah. actually, like, they they created a culture, and now he ended up. You know, he's a new Javale McGee. He's you know <laughs> on Shaq and the Fool every night. But I think and and Javale McGee's the new Kelly Oubre, right? And he's balling. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah, so I just, I just I just feel like what James Jones has done has really made this team you know a dangerous team. And last year I think we were a year too early because like I said I felt like it didn't really match our window. But what I will say now that CP three move actually is great because his leadership along with you know Devin taking a leadership role has helped up everyone else's game, has taught everyone else kind of you know some intensity, and it even got Chris Paul you know, doing some different offseason things because he's trying to, you know, he feels like, okay, even this late in my career, I actually got a, I got a damn shot. You got to be doing something different, Chris Paul. I I agree with almost everything you said, AJ. Um, Except that I'm just a little bit hesitant on the Chris Paul piece because we, we seen Chris Paul like this in regular season. Like his biggest question mark is postseason. You know, so, I really think what you said about James Jones is really so much true. Also, what you said about Monty. Um, just the way this team has been assembled together, you, you're thinking not even 
not even Paul and Booker, but it's just like Mikel Bridges, Crowder, JaVel McGee. Uh, you got Frank. You got Cam Johnson. It's like he's just getting people, in the words of Bill Belichick, that can do their job for what they need to do on the team. And it's actually working. Defense, like you think about it, that length, you got Bridges on the wing, you got McGee, you got Aiden. Come, everybody's everybody's stretched all the way out. So it's like, then you got Devin Booker who can play on ball defense. So it's like, as a team, they're, they're, they're solid. And this is and- probably <clears throat> all the way through the eighth person on the bench. Like, everybody can be trusted. And that's not something that you could say for a lot of NBA teams. And I, I think that's a credit to James Jones. And it's also a credit to how they're being coached. And if Chris Paul can get over that hump, then everything that you said will be 100% true. But I, I think that's still a question mark there, fam. And before I let you jump in, Paul, I just want to make another statement. What I like is James Jones has ident- – like he's not afraid to identify weaknesses and fix it. Mm-hmm. And our biggest our, our biggest issue in the postseason last year was big man depth. And mm-hmm. we saw that when Sarge went down – it yeah. was like in the finals, it yeah, was that literally hurt. That hurt yeah, so when, bad, when Sarge went down, it was literally DeAndre Aiden on an island with, yeah. with Giannis because it's all we really had. If we went mm-hmm. small with Jay Crowder, he was he was eating them alive. When we tried mm-hmm. to, you know, do all of those things, it, we really had no answer. So it was just like, hey, DeAndre, we need you, but he just couldn't do it. And Mikael Bridges, he wasn't like he was a good defensive player, but you can't put him out there just on a, on a, all along with Giannis because if he's bodying DeAndre, he's only going to do that to um, to Giannis as well. So I, I, I do think Monty should have made adjustments, but you know it is what it is with that. But um, going out and getting Javale McGee was a, was a big that's was a huge big, was a big yeah. move. Well, JaVale McGee is a winner. You know, that's the biggest thing. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's playing in that Golden State culture. He knows how to win. He brings that winning mindset. He's a great guy to have off the bench. I think a lot of the additions that the Suns made this offseason were great. Mm-hmm. And I think that Landry, Landry Shamit is another mm-hmm. good underrated Underrated player. like a mug right there. Can't, extending Cameron Payne, too. Cameron Payne revived his career. Yeah. Now, he's he's always had a good defensive mindset, but he's found a home with the Suns. I think that, that energy, yeah, that energy off the bat, they let him be himself. Exactly. That's the key that you know, Oklahoma City wasn't able to figure out and wherever ever, everywhere else that he bounced around from because they was but, like, be quiet, boy, and sit down. <laughs> Not that, and that Phoenix was like, if that's gonna make you boss, do your thing, man. Exactly. That's it. That's exactly. Um, the type of culture that you can see from Monty Williams mm-hmm. and you can see from James Jones. Mm-hmm. I think that those those two guys, like you were saying, are the two biggest reasons why the Suns are in this position. Yeah, because right. they they came in and you know James Jones, James Jones played for winning teams. Yeah, you know? he, he knows he knows what it takes to win in the NBA. So Bron swears by him. It, oh yeah, because James Jones was a guy who just did his job. Exactly. He understands playing a role. So it's like. Came in and mm-hmm. found guys who could play their role. Exactly. Mm-hmm. James Jones came off the bench with hit threes, you know, for those my for those Miami Heat teams. It's those mm-hmm. kind of guys that end up, you know, being the biggest, um, the biggest saviors to franchises yeah. when they get yeah. into coaching, when they get into general managing, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Because um, they really understand. Yeah, because they, they understand how what it takes to win. 
He's back. He's back. Oh, he, did, he did that on purpose because he didn't want to hear me talk about the Suns. That that's fifty percent true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, was... he actually says some good, pretty. He actually kicked facts, which is I, rare for about the Suns. It's like, I'm, let me stop. I'm sick, I'm sick of the damn Suns. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I already... actually like the NBA better with teams like the Suns. I, I was getting tired of the same. Oh yeah. The same team, so I've the Suns used to be good when I was a little boy. So it's like I that that always like brings nostalgia back to me. So it's like I, I like the NBA, like with some of these younger teams. I, Charlotte's getting ready to be better. I like I'm I'm enjoying that. You know, Atlanta's getting better. I like that. I like seeing some new champions too. I like seeing some first time champions. Some of these yeah, yeah. young star players yeah. finally winning it. You know, I'm tired tired of like the same consistent. You know, yeah. teams in the championship. I last year's NBA Finals was was, like, great. was one of the great. best yeah. ones I've watched in a long yeah. time. And I really enjoy seeing Giannis get it out the mud. And it shows you that you can have excitement without just having the same three teams in it every single exactly. year. Like, you it's, still got you still got great basketball. It, championship it's basketball. It's, you're still getting championships. <laughs> they didn't get there by a fluke. It's still yeah. good players. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, they like the team that Milwaukee is assembling and the team that the Suns are assembling. They they went up against each other, and that was that was a legendary series that was last legendary. year in the finals. That was that was a great one. That was one that you know going into it too, you had no idea. Um, I I had no idea who I thought was going to win. I I gave the edge to the Bucks just because you know they were a little more experienced, yeah. but um, yeah. but, but it was um, it was tough it, because it was, it was I tough. think that um. I think that you know the Suns were a really good team. They were are young, and you know they were they were ready for the moment. That was the big that was the biggest thing, and I think that they're going to be back. I think my thing I was scared of CP three for the Suns. I was scared of that, but then it's like like AJ said when when Sarge went down, I was like, oh my gosh, that's and and people were telling me like that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. I was like. Y'all yeah. watch basketball. And that was literally the only other we had. Playoff <laughs> basketball. Sarge not only was a good defender. I mean, of course, Giannis is one of the most done, but he was doing his job as as best he could. You know, being an extra body, but he could also stress the floor on offense, and they desperately missed that. You know, once he Absolutely. once he went out. Um, so, but that was still a hell of a series, and I enjoyed it. And that was two teams that no one expected prior prior to that, to get there. And like Hill said, we enjoyed it. So it's like, I feel like they got to really stop putting their money behind some of these wanting to see the same teams and just let, you know, whoever, whoever gets it, gets it. Like how they blocked years ago when they blocked the CP3 trade. Like, yeah, exactly. You gotta, you can't, you gotta stop doing stuff like that. Let it play out and let the fans see how the chips fall. Exactly. There ain't always no guarantee just because you feel like this team's stacked. There ain't no guarantee that they don't get no there anyway. Yeah. After next. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I we would not, not just me. We predicted. One, we've seen it before with Miami Heat. And we even referenced that. Like, mm-hmm. that was Dwayne Wade was just a little bit. I don't want to say he was still in his prime that first year. Uh, yeah. LeBron James wasn't even peaked yet. And they still couldn't get it done just against a better team. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even with sheer talent, even with all the full court alley oops and the spectacular plays that they did, 
it wasn't enough to pull it off. It's going to take <laughs> uh, continuity. It's going to take actually knowing what people can do, knowing who's going to be the tough player, who's going to be the backbone, knowing who's going to be my finesse guy, who's going to be uh, the guy that we can get a clutch shot from. You got to know all those things. So it's like to just think we could just bring – I remember the Lakers tried to do it with Carl Malone and Dennis <laughs> Rodman and Gary Payton, and it didn't work then. So it's like a lot that was of just, teams, that was That was just greedy, though. They were going for It was just greedy, but on paper, they still said back then – that they would have had it. And I said yeah. back then that it wasn't going to happen. And this is way before the pod area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. That's definitely true. No, I know. The way that the NBA is headed is definitely in an awesome direction. But see, going, going, jumping from one of the younger teams, we'll jump over to one of the older <laughs> teams. And we got the Los Angeles Lakers. Hill, you're a Lakers fan, obviously. 15 and 13 this year. Um the LeBron has been still has still been good. Has yeah. still been yeah, you know, at the top of his game. Obviously, we expect the highest high, the highest of highs from him. But it's obvious but with you know injuries starting to to uh to uh stack up and you know a variety of different things westbrook to anthony davis uh, <laughs> even though anthony davis is averaging 24 and 10 you know, a lot of people are getting on his case about uh, his productivity, all that kind of stuff. You know, what are your thoughts on the Lakers' first 28 games so far? We dealt with a lot of injuries coming up. You know, we start, we had to play games with Austin Reeves. You know, yeah. we got Avery Bradley off of necessity because we had so many um, injuries, and he's still starting. You know, we're still waiting on Trevor Reeves to come back, Kendrick Nunn. We just, you know, Brian missed a lot of games. Uh, Wayne Wayne Ellison's missed a couple games to start off. You know, guys was missing games, and when you don't have those that you know those games, those practices, those those guys there that you can't gain chemistry. So your continuity is all off. Everything is all off, and then you're trying to win games, and you have lofty expectations. Nobody's waiting for you to get it together. Nobody's waiting for you to get it right. And at Westbrook, if you Westbrook specifically, he's a slow starter. So, mm-hmm. of course, he's going to look erratic. Of course, he's going to look the bad West. Everything bad about. Uh-oh. Yeah, might have lost him. Yeah, yeah so. Oh, there you go. Oh, we got you. We got you. Yeah. Yeah, I got the worst computer ever. But, um, <laughs> like, you get the worst part of Westbrook at the, um, in the early part, like I said. And the, the, part that was, the part that was pissing me off the most was, Yes, statistically, Anthony Davis is still doing his thing, but it's like we we need more. When when Brown wasn't there, we should have got more. You should have been averaging thirty and ten. You you know mm-hmm. your your talent is is unmatched. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. but you're talking you're talking so much. You're you're criticizing the teammates. You 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 calling this guy out. You calling this guy out. Where where is your mirror? <laughs> you know, where is your mirror? Because sure. you know at some point you know dudes pushing you out the lane. You you missing three. You're shooting the worst percentage ever from three point land. You're you know, shooting too I, many. Yeah. I just, I get it. I, I, I get don't. It. But, I don't. But, but, You're five. but, 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 we're getting guys back. <laughs> the, the chemistry is coming together. They're playing different. They're defensively uh, is looking better. It's like I said, it's, it's not even Christmas. It's not I was even gonna Christmas. Pull, I was going to, I just hovered over there and tried to click it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, your, it's your turn. <laughs> 
I mean, Fog is kind of right, as much as I hate to say it, you know, and the Lakers are my team also, but it's like we – it's happened, you know. I've seen this – this isn't the first time I've seen this in my lifetime. I've seen my guy – I've seen it happen to my guy. And, unfortunately, I feel like it's happening to Anthony Davis 10 years before it should. Um, like you said, Hill. You, I, I don't ever want to see you get pushed off the lane ever again for the rest of the season, bro. <laughs> Especially if you're going to talk and call out people on the team, bro. No, yeah. you should not ever get pushed out of the lane. Like, bro, you're the biggest guy out there, and I don't care if you're slim because Kevin Durant's not letting people just throw him out of the lane like that. He's at least going to use his toothpick legs and fight for position. So I want to see more fight from Anthony Davis, number one. Like Hill said, when Braun was out, I didn't see a dog. I didn't see a dog. I saw a guy out there playing, trying not to get hurt himself. Feels like you're playing not to get injured. And for Braun, we all know that Braun is – we haven't Braun seen nothing like him this this era. And he's still balling. Unfortunately, though, he, it's on a decline for his for yeah. his production that we're used to. It's on a decline, and we do – need more and I feel like that's what AD needs to come in because I feel like Russ Russ has been pretty solid. I feel like everybody's getting on this case. But it's like we didn't bring Russ here to be You didn't bring him in to be your number two. Yeah, I didn't bring or him nor in your to number be one. A, yeah to be A D. I brought him in here to be the facilitating point guard. That's a walking triple double. That's yeah. what I want him to be. So I don't need 30 from Russ. I need 12 points from Russ. But I also need 12 dimes and 12 boards. And I feel like he's a slow starter. He's he's getting accustomed. Playing with Braun is always different. Playing with Braun and AD has to be totally different. So I feel like Russ is going to be there. I'm not worried about Russ. I'm mostly worried about the brow. I'm going to just keep it keep it a buck. But in yeah. and, and, and the words of Hill, I ain't panicking yet. So that's just my frustration as a fan. I'm still not panicking yet because it's still in Bron. I trust. I looked at him the other night, and I'm like, "Ooh, if we can get this, if if, if Bron could could stay healthy, and we can get this, mm-hmm. we're gonna be a problem." So, you know, we'll be there when it's time. After this uh, coming out of Christmas, it'll be time for us to ratchet it up another level. And then after the All Star break, I feel like, you know, we won't be able to take losses. Definitely back to back losses anymore for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, and that's my spiel. And I just don't think, you know, seeing what AD did when Braun was out, I just don't think he's understanding what like what opportunity he has. Because when they brought him in, it's just like, okay, now this is going to bridge the gap. He has the opportunity to, you know, take over and be the main guy for the Lakers and possibly put himself in that, in that you know, that pantheon of great Lakers players. And just from what I've seen, he doesn't seem like, He's ready for that moment. Yeah, in that finals, you came out, you did your thing, but that's when Braun was on the floor. Braun was still there. Braun was was still the guy. Yes, you may have made some big plays, but we've seen guys make plays for, you know, when Braun is on the court. We've seen guys make plays when Kobe was on the court. We've seen guys make plays when Jordan was on the court. You didn't, that's like you, like, like, like Kenneth said, you didn't show us that dog, like, I'm like, I'm ready for this. Go ahead, give it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the guy. I'll be the guy, and yeah. and with knowing that Braun is on the decline, I I do want to see more. 
Go ahead, Hill. I know you're gonna tell me to shut up because I'm a Suns fan. No, I'm not gonna tell you that. I'm just gonna play devil's advocate and you know put on my my fan hat. He didn't sign up for that. Like he didn't sign up to play with bums. And he didn't if he wanted to stay play with bums and old dudes and, and trash people, he would have stayed in, in the Pelicans. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. So of course, so of course, I may I may hold back. It's a marathon. Y'all keep talking about my injuries piling up. I may hold back and and rev it up. And, and and when it when it when it's time, you know what I'm saying? I'm not that's about why to give I said you, I ain't worried yet. But I'm, I'm about to give what, you hundred percent in October, November. You but know what, what we all, but what but we the greats do the Laker greats have though to AJ's point. Said he wanted to be in he, he he I think he does want to be mentioned if he's gonna stay here among Laker greats when it's all said and done, Hill. And I don't think you can to AJ's point if you wanna half ass it till it's time because you keep on half-assing. We're going to be playing catch-up and trying to get in instead of, you know, trying to coast in and be ready for the playoffs. So Beauty of it, the West is still wide open. It's only West two, is still it, wide it, open. That's it, why it, I, ain't, I ain't worried yet. It's top, I mean? it's, top, it's top heavy, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. don't let us figure it out. So uh, uh, your point could be right. Your, your devil's advocate point could be right, Hill. But I'm just saying, like, if he wants to be one of the greats, you got to get rid of that attitude, bro. Absolutely. You've been injured too much since you've been here anyway to not have a dog mentality. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. That's a false That's a false narrative, bro. Bro, for, for me, for me, oh, you've, okay. he's missed too many games since he's been a Laker to me. That was, yeah, that was only last year. Nah, I don't give a damn what years it was. I'm hey, talking to your you, whole hey, team. Hey, hey, look. You want you want to like a We on the same team, hell. Don't care. But that's that's how I feel, man. You ain't gonna see the real AD in 2022, baby. That's it. Well, he better be there. <laughs> it's the get back here, baby. It's the get back. Here, baby. <laughs> I I think yeah, I think a lot of it too is just chemistry. Um, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, there's you got a lot of veterans, a lot of guys who have histories of being that guy. You know, um, we, we there's a lot of you, you got Carmelo coming off the bench, mm-hmm. and I think honestly Carmelo's played great. I think he he's, he he's absolutely slotted into a perfect role. Mm-hmm. But you got some guys at the bottom, Dwight Howard. Um, you know, has is still a good defender, but you know the jury the jury's out on him. Rondo hasn't played too much. Yeah. Uh, he's we need no, Rondo back in the fold. You know what they're doing with Rondo. Yeah. yeah, off Rondo. Yeah. All right, all yeah. right. Go ahead, and finish your point because I want, I want to, I want to touch on that. I'm spouting on what you yeah. just said. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that a lot of it has to do with just like chemistry and just coming down to that. That's what I've been able to see. I mean, obviously, I definitely haven't watched as many Lakers games as you guys have. But what it comes down to, I think Westbrook had obviously Westbrook shooting. He starts off slow, but I mean, we saw we saw Westbrook start off slow last year with the Wizards and mm-hmm. pick it up big time in the second mm-hmm. half and then push them hard to a playoff spot. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, Westbrook is Westbrook. He's going to figure it out. Yep. And he's not, you know, you're not going to rely on him to hit threes, but you don't, you don't necessarily have to, he's mm-hmm. going to be the facilitator that, that you guys need. Um, You know, great rebounding guard can spread, can run the point and kind of ease off LeBron too, as being yep. a primary playmaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. LeBron can worry more about being uh being the guy 
to hit the big shot and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But what do you what do you guys think? What else? Can when, you, when you, I agree when with you, that one hundred percent. When you touched on chemistry, when you touched on chemistry, it was it, that's the biggest prop. That's the big point right there. Yeah. Mellow's Mellow's role is the only role that hasn't changed all year. Yeah, we know mm-hmm. what Mellow. You come off the bench, you score, you give us. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Westbrook role has changed numerous times already. AD's role has changed numerous times already. Monk need more minutes. Monk's role changed. It was something yeah. he, had, he had a couple of DNPs. He had a couple of times he started. He's coming off the bench. You know, his we played Austin Reed. Austin Reed had a role and then he got hurt. You know, THT role is, yeah. is, is continuously changing. Like you you're constantly changing roles and trying we need to some, we need some continuity. Up. Exactly, yeah. and now we're getting that, and now you start yeah. to see some of the real Lakers. Yeah, I That's like hard. Monk. I like the minutes that Monk been getting lately. Yeah, because now they figured it out. You come out, you be that microwave, you be that six man, you be that J.R. Smith type. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ain't even doing it. But but that's the big Johnson on. But that's the big question too: is how much of the blame goes on Frank Vogel with the chemistry and with the injuries? I don't think that much blame because he hasn't failed yet. It's like we we of course the media is all over it because LA, but he hasn't failed yet. He still has the opportunity to get him to the playoffs and get him deep into the playoffs. Um, So I I think not even at Christmas. I, you know, I, I think that really is still the NFL, right? So it's like a game's on right now as we speak. But um, I think, you know, it remains to be seen. And I think Frank's not in a rush. Hill said it's a marathon. I think Frank knows that more than anybody. He's a championship winning head coach. Um, and I think we just need to sit back, you know, watch these young teams do what they do and watch the veteran teams do what they do and see who has a better philosophy in the end. That's why we. That's why we play the game, and that's what we're here for, anyway. So we, we've had the second most starting lineups in the entire NBA already. Yeah. A lot like, of injuries too, so that's like, another that, reason. That's because, like I said, that's affecting your rotation. It's affecting everything. Like I said, how many times have I have I mentioned Austin Reeves? Like, come on, now. too many times, way too many too times. Many. Like, like you say, he's, a, he's an <laughs> integral part of the team. Feel and as a, and as I, and I'm all in on Frank. Frank brought us a chip, so it's like, I right, listen, I'm with Frank until. Genie say he ain't there no more. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not the type of person that a bad mouth the coach unless the coach is Willie Taggart or Jay Gruden. <laughs> now, <laughs> so now, like I say, now now let us get like you say, let us get fully healthy. Let us still look inconsistent in January. Let us still look inconsistent by All Star break or Vogel or Vogel. Let me holler at you. Let me holler at you right quick. Yeah. The next <laughs> the next month is definitely going to be the big deciding factor i think they're you know figuring it out as everybody starts to get healthier all that kind of stuff is definitely going to be the key and see how westbrook does uh as the second half of the season starts to come down to us so jumping over from one california team we got the warriors now to steph curry is obviously chasing glory right now he is so close to ray allen's three-point record tomorrow night's they're playing at the Garden, the Warriors, mm-hmm. um, which it's I gonna happen. I, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I wanted to get I wanted to get tickets so badly just so I could be there just to see that. I wouldn't even be rooting for the Knicks in that game. I'd be rooting. For <laughs> I'm not mad game. at you, bro. To, just to see if just to say I could be there. But yeah, one one interesting question that I've been seeing on a ton of sports talk shows, and you know that that's definitely very interesting. That I want to ask you guys is if Steph wins MVP or the finals this year, or both, 
does he enter the top 10 all time? Does he elevate to that high level if he wins one or the other or even or even both? Can I go first? Yeah, of course. Let me ask you this. Does anybody here have Kevin Durant in their top 10 all time? I don't. Not yet. Not because, yet. I'll abstain from that until I go. <laughs> okay. Because to me, wherever you have Kevin Durant all time, Steph Curry, if he wins another MVP and a championship, he has to go over Kevin Durant. And I think yeah. some people would have Kevin Durant in their top 10. So to me, he has to go above Kevin Durant. And even if he's, you know, if like wherever Kevin Durant is, Steph needs to be above that. And the reason why is because if he wins another one without Kevin Durant and he already had one without Kevin Durant, and then, he, you know, to me, you add an MVP to that, you have to, you have to elevate him over that automatically. And that oh, is where the absolutely. that's where that's where the conversation has Sounds to start. Sounds like legitimate math to me. No. That's where the that's where the conversation has to start. And to me, doing so that to me, if Kevin if Kevin Durant is fringe 13, 12, you have to have that conversation. And it just all depends on who's in your top 10 and what accolades they have. Because to me, what we've seen from Steph Curry, you know, we all We've all said, oh, you know, they have a, you know, when they had the, you know, the small ball lineup and it was, you know, they had Clay Thompson and they had uh, Draymond Green. To me, I don't think, I, I damn sure don't think Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. To yeah. me, um, I think you can put Clay Thompson in because it's the NBA Hall of Fame and he tells, like, he will tell the story as also one of the greatest shooters in, in the NBA. So but to me, yeah, you could definitely put Draymond. I, I was, just, but but you see, I prefaced it. I said I don't think Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer. He's he definitely getting in though. Yeah, he's definitely getting in because of, of what that era is. But also, to me, but to me, I think Clay Thompson is a fringe Hall of Famer, and to me, I wouldn't be mad if he didn't get in. But once again, it's the NBA. To me, it just shows what Steph Curry is. To be mm-hmm. quite honest, it shows the value and shows who he is. And I think now with the success that he's having now. You have to look at him as that. You have to look at him as one of those generational talents and those like someone that should be in the conversation of top 10 all time. Because once again, a lot of the reason that the NBA is played right now, the way it is, is because of Steph Curry also. So Steph Curry's doing what, you know, normally we've seen wing players do those, you know, the guy, the LeBrons, the Kobe's, the Jordans and the bigger men. Steph Curry was one of the small guys who came in and really took over the league. And yes, we always, you know, put him in there, but, Oh, he's no Kevin Durant. He's no LeBron. But now, like I said before, take Kevin Durant out of this equation to me, Steph Curry, it shows what he was and the value he was and how he's kind of meshed this team going in two different eras. Yeah, it's it's like I said, man, that's beautiful math. And and you really broke it down. And I looked at it even simpler than that. I don't have a clue who's on my top 10 list. (laughs) And I don't give a damn who y'all got on y'all's. But I know for a fact, Steph Curry better be on there for the simple fact he has changed the face of the game. And if someone changes the face of the game, they damn well better be on our top 10. I think, you know, we have, I think we all got LeBron, Jordan, Kobe there. Yeah. We got to ask Steph because, and, and wherever he goes in your top 10, Duncan, you know, he's in there with those guys because 
when you put him beside Ray Allen, who technically still is the greatest NBA shooter of all time because he's made the most three-pointers, you look at how many games it took Ray to do that. Now, I know that Ray had a, you know, a down law later in his career, but still, Steph, Steph really, the first three years of Steph's career, first four, weren't even all that great. So really, the bulk of what he's done has been from 2010 to now, and it's ridiculous how he's reinvented himself. Another reason that I feel like he has to be top 10, he wasn't supposed to be this. We knew that he was a good shooter, and that was it. When he came into the league, Monte Ellis was a better player. You see what I'm saying? Steph was still dribbling off his foot. He was getting plucked. He was having ankle injuries. And he, like a lot of talented players did, said, you know what? I got the dedication and the want to to be great, plus the talent. So he actually worked for it. He got with his new coach. He had to ank- took care of the ankles, started the dribble routines. He couldn't dribble like this before. Now he got the ball on a string. He literally worked his way to top 10. So he's blue collar. But his dad was in the NBA, so he shouldn't even have this type of work ethic. You see what I'm saying? So it's like he's an inspiration, period, for life. So if you don't got him in your top ten, you're not a fan of the game. And the way that he's changed it for the youth. Like kids now, like I work with youth. They literally – they don't they don't say Jordan or Kobe. They literally saying Steph. And they're shooting. When we were saying Jordan or Kobe, we was trying to hit – Three-pointers or fadeaways. No, they literally shooting three-quarter lengths talking about Steph. And I I want to kind of like correct you on something when you say he's changed the game for the youth. No, he's ruined it for the youth because now everybody think, oh, I'm he my he my height. I can shoot like that too. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. I not mean, but some of them can, can though. So not I everybody mean, can do it's that. It's working for some of them because you think this Trey Young, Trey Young, we but, have Trey but, Young because but, but of you, Steph Curry. But you see, but you see what you see what Steph did to Trey Young. He said, "No, nah, bro, you can't do I this." I mean, it's gonna take time. <laughs> I just, I just said it took, it. Even Steph, it took time. You feel me? So it's like but that's what I'm saying about a generational. Yeah, you might. Be it's gonna take. I'm you not might, saying it's instantly. Like you can't do this. Yeah, facts. But for those kids who they don't, they at least can seen it done. Like we didn't, even, we couldn't even fathom that before. So it's like I now can see it. So it's like they working on their their three point shot. Now, when before this age group, they're working on layups, bro, and left hand. Now they're working on really shooting from deep, and they don't even have the strength to shoot from. They they hit firing and still hitting. I got a I got a little boy in my school, bro. I'm not gonna say his name on here, but he literally <laughs> Steph is his favorite player, and he what? I'm I'm gonna send y'all a video this week. Watch. Let me get let me get two things in before you go to him. An underrated part of Steph game is how easy he can get to the bucket. We, we talk about his shooting, but Steph, mm-hmm. he, he can get to the cup very, mm-hmm. very easy. And I forgot my second point, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, it's um, been a long episode. I don't blame you. I don't blame the, you. Um, the, the, um, you know, your, your top tens, your top five, however you li- it's all subjective, you know. Right. And But the, the problem is, a lot of those people's careers are over. So mm. we, have to take, we have to take the totality of what they've done, what they did, and you can use that. He's not finished. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. It's like, that's why I said, like, okay, right, not right now. 
So the question was if he gets another finals mm-hmm. or, another, or another MVP. If he gets another finals, it's undeniable. It's solidified, that's, and that's it's, what I'm saying. It, it, it's, undeni- it's undeniable. But if, let's just let's say, for example, that he does it. Let's say he gets to another Western Conference finals. Let's say he has a tough series, a couple tough playoff series. You know, he just he just, he just just didn't make it. Yeah. Then it's just like, okay, you you out here on your own, you know, hobble clay, mm-hmm. old Draymond. You you know you still balling you still that He's guy still balling but you, you know you putting up great numbers okay you like you know what okay you still can move up that 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 ladder it's just that we just I just I personally maybe because mm-hmm. I'm 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 older and I've seen a lot of these other guys before it I need to see I need to see it before I can just yeah you you're in my top ten but if you if you tell me he's in your top ten right now I'm not going to argue with you yeah I'm just for me personally listen, let me see it. Just let me see it, and then we can we can we can we can put it there. But it's definitely based off what Paul said. Him getting the MVP in the ring, so it's like. I, yeah, but I still, I'm still like undeniable. But I'm still not arguing if a person tells me that now, because honestly, I don't even know what mine is. He could be in mine right now. I just that's too much work to figure that out, man. I did a top fifty. I during during COVID, I. I put together my top fifty. I gotta send it to you guys because yeah. I, I went, I went, I went deep into depth about it. I've, I, I've been like writing it down for a while, um, like who I thought was it, but I finally put it together. But I have him right outside the top ten. But if he wins a third MVP or he wins a fourth championship, there's no denying that he's top ten. I think that. If, Personally, I think that if he has another 30-point-per-game season, finishes second place in MVP voting, and maybe gets knocked out in the Western Conference Finals or something like that, he still might be top 10. Yeah, like that, might, that might be good enough. Too. He might be there already, like I he said. Because like, splitting heads with some eight and nines and ten already is like, come on, after five, you really start splitting hairs. Yeah. But, but what I think what he did last last season, even though they didn't make the playoffs, it was the fact that we see him out there basically by himself, and mm-hmm. he was so he was so dominant. We didn't see him like we he haven't seen him. We haven't seen him like that before, though. That was one of the first times that we see him by himself, a one man wrecking crew. You know. Okay. So you that's different now. No, no, no. I don't remember. But <laughs> so, like, I just wanted to see kind of you know because I know there's a you know a, a popular um, platform that does though you know they put out lists. And they put out their uh, 74 and then their 75. So I went, um, you know, because they did a 75 and it was just like some weird criteria. But I went back to their 74 just to kind of see where Steph was. And at the beginning of 2020, out of the ranking of all time 100 players that they had, at the beginning of 2020, uh, 2020 they had them 13. So mm-hmm. he's pretty much in there then. Yeah. So like he's I in the top See what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like after Larry Bird and Tim Duncan, like what? Yeah, it's got to be Kevin Durant or Steph. Like, let's be real. Exactly, and especially if you win one more MVP or a championship, how is he not in the com- He's he's in the conversation easily with Tim Duncan or Larry Bird or Facts. He's right around that same place as them. He is. He's he's <laughs> got the he's got the accolades to show it. There's, mm-hmm. there's definitely no doubt about that. I think that's. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see you know what the end of the season brings and uh, you know where he'll. Uh, where people will be ranking him after this season, especially if the Warriors even make it to the finals or, you know, something along those lines happens. I think that. And, and you got to think just even if he gets one of those MVP awards, you got to think what else that adds to his accolades. So 
all all NBA. He might all, be top like, five all, if he get an MVP so, in that finals. Yeah, so exactly. All, it, just, it just it just adds to it just adds to the list of Hell about sick of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping it real, man. I've been I've been a Steph fan from the jump. Yeah. Um, which is kind of rare for someone to be a Bron and Steph fan, but it's like I was a Steph fan when people were saying he was a bust. So it's like mm-hmm. it really felt good for me to see Steph turn into the guy that he did turn into because I always tell a story about how in 2K9 I used to trade him for Delonte West and and used to get picks back from Golden State. They were like, thank you. Like, yeah. are you are you stupid? You're trading Delonte West for Steph? And I used to literally cook people with Steph and Braun, bro. <laughs> Back, back in 2K11, I had a, a my player, mm-hmm. and I was on the Warriors, and mm-hmm. uh, they packaged me and Steph to the Lakers, <laughs> and, and because they wanted to, they and they kept Monte Ellis. And, yeah, they were sold on Monte Ellis back then. Yeah, Monte Ellis was going to be the guy for them. He was that's like that's that's how it was. Yeah. It, it's crazy. It's crazy to see where we are now, like especially ten years later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Steph, and it's pretty fitting that he might break he might break the record at the Garden too. When that is that fitting, basically, it was basically his coming out party. Yeah, twenty fourteen yeah. was uh, his fifty point game. Yeah, was what put him on the level of the stars, mm-hmm. and that's you know him him winning him uh, breaking the three point record at the Garden. I think would be a, just a really cool moment all around. It's, it's the mecca. It's like if you're gonna break, become the all time something in NBA, I think it would be good to do it at, you know, either the Garden, Boston, or L.A. It's like... Yeah, absolutely. One of the three. Paul, you're a Knicks fan. Yeah. When we're speaking about the Garden. He's been waiting for this Knicks topic. He's been trying to skate skate around it. I know. (laughs) So I'm I'm, I'm about to give him a segue so we can talk about the Knicks in a second. But how does it feel that we talk about these players coming in just and always breaking records? On your team, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Being being a Knicks fan for my entire life, I've got I've gotten kind of numb to it. Where mm-hmm. I've become an all around NBA. I mean, I've always been yeah. an all around NBA right. fan. Where I just like you expect the actual Knicks to be terrible. So it's cool seeing those moments, even if it's at the Garden. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm, um, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I. I love seeing some of the good play. Like, I hate Trey Young. I hate Trey Young after the playoffs last year. <laughs> Every everyone in New York can agree with me, but nice way. <laughs> but it, it, in a way, as a basketball fan, I respect him though a ton. How you know he was able to step into the garden and in front of fans too. It wasn't an empty arena. Yeah, he was able to put on the show that he was able to put on, and you know just wasn't even worried about it. I mm. I think that that's you know. Kind of spoke volumes, you know. Still hate him. I can't mm-hmm. can't say that to any of my Knicks Knicks fan friends, but um, I definitely I definitely respect that. But we'll jump over to the Knicks now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. obviously, we fell down to twelve and fifteen after yesterday's loss. There's a lot of bad stuff going on with the team. I think that the chemistry is just out of whack. Um, everything everything just looks terrible. That's that's just what the bottom line is. Julius Randle is taking a step back. RJ Barrett's been in inexistent so uh, since the beginning of the season. Really, the only the only positives have been Obi Toppin and Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. 
who I think are still becoming great players. I've been a big Obi Toppin fan since he was in college. After I when we drafted him, I was really excited because he's a New Yorker and you know he's got freak freak athleticism. I think he's going to be a good NBA player. But I I think a trade has to be made. And we were talking about the Miles Turner possibility before and mm-hmm. i think something like that is is the only spark that's going to you know be able to revive this team i think that the kemba walker experiment didn't work out uh alec burks isn't a point guard you know they're, they're going to keep playing him at point guard he's a scoring guard that's good off the bench he's not a point guard derrick rose derrick rose obi top and emmanuel quickly have been great this year and derrick rose has been great this year yes yeah, those are my three mvps of consistency because Derek Derek Rose is just a stud. Like too much Randall, too much Randall, too much dribbling, too much too, isolation, too much mm-hmm. isolation. This is what we saw when it, when we first got Randall when we had Fizdale mm-hmm. as the head coach. Uh, there was way too much isolation, isolation, dribbling off his foot out of bounds. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's ruining the game. Looking and, at his hands, <laughs> looking at his hands exactly, and every everyone else. All the other four guys standing around watching him too. I think is the worst part. He starts backing down guys. No one else tries to get open. Everyone just kind of stands there and like expects him to put up a shot. That's the LeBron offense. Yeah, which I and, hate it. Ex- exactly, and it's like, and Julius Randle is not LeBron. So with that, that's that's the worst part. That's I mean, the worst know, part. <laughs> that's, that's by far the worst part. I mean, Julius Randle, like he's a fan favorite, obviously after what he did last year, but you know, realistically. He's a two or three for a championship team, mm-hmm. the, and he's our number one right now. So yeah. obviously, we're not anywhere close to a championship. We're still we're fighting for playoff spots basically right now, but we're still trying to like grow into that mold. Um, RJ Barrett, the jury's out on him. I thought that he was he's checked out. It's the dribbling from Randall. Yeah, Barrett is got to be one of your trade baits because yeah. uh, another team was still like Indiana would take him. Absolutely. Absolutely. If if we do a Miles Turner trade, I think that RJ Barrett is a key piece in that. Absolutely. I, th- I, I think it's gotta be. Because you have to hold on to top and you have to hold on to quickly. And you can throw some draft picks. And we have two first round picks again this year. We have Charlotte's first round picks, so you can throw one of those in too if you really wanted to make a Miles Turner trade. But I think that you know RJ is gonna be the guy that you might have to trade soon too, because if you wait too long. He continues to regress mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, you might not be able to get anything for him. Yeah, right. So. I think Knox. You can still get something for him. No, you can't. No, Kate, no. You can't. <laughs> Kate, they 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 can't trade Paul for Knox right now, bro. <laughs> not Paul for Knox. Paul ready. Paul ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I, <laughs> I, I, can, I, can I, I feel like if you package him, you still can. I just feel like it just didn't it didn't work there. But I feel like he's. Like y'all talking about people, like people building on Ben Simmons. Like it, you can still take a, you can still develop Knox if you can still build around Ben Simmons. Yeah, absolutely. To, to, that, a, certain, to a certain extent, bro. I think that <laughs> you know, I think he's twenty-two years old. I think that he definitely he can still be a player in the NBA, but that's it. That's oh it. yeah, and that's my yeah. point. He's only twenty-two, man. Exactly. He came in as not as a nineteen-year-old, and this is only his third season. So I think that I think he can still become a player in the NBA. I just don't think it can be with the Knicks. And I he think can't that, be the yeah. savior. That's the thing. Yeah. Like one of the nineteen-year-old guy to save the Knicks. That exactly. could, what, what think I about would, what that would do to anybody. 
What yeah. I will what I will say with the NBA, they keep letting these young guys in and they're not letting these young guys develop. Thank you and you're you're in a, you're 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 coming in at 19. You're not there's only a select few that are gonna come in at That's that it. young age and actually be able to handle that time with these grown men. That's so it. you know, with, with, with the way that AAU is, is is right now, the way that the college game is right now, you're not necessarily getting a whole bunch of like legit coaching and allowing yourself to you're develop getting none. Because, because you've all because usually in all those settings, you've either been like you you've most likely been the guy. So they've just yeah. been hey, exactly. roll, roll, pass the ball to Will, save us, get and out of the way. And, that's and that was Randall's play. That's and, what he did at AAU. And, 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 that's, and that's usually what it is. And so you see – and one of the reasons why these draft classes that we've seen, it's a lot of times you'll, you'll see someone, they'll go number five, number six, number seven, and you we won't don't see them. You won't hear yeah. from them for about five years because they're, they're growing into they're growing into who they are. They're still maturing. Enter still Malik Monk, which is why I said – Exactly. Give exactly. him more minutes, bro. Yeah, like you got so many guys who are four-year high school players averaging 25, 30 points a game in high school. Go play one year at Kentucky. You're a star player on the, a big stage. And then you go play in the NBA and you're playing five minutes a game. You know, there's a, a huge difference that I think that needs to be addressed yeah. where there's there's a development mm-hmm. issue that definitely goes into it. And, what, and, and another thing that I'll say is the league – Everybody just expects, okay, now we, we've had this pick. Now we need, you know, three years and we got to start contending. When it's not that. You see it's a lot of these, that at all. like, a lot of these championship teams, they don't really do that because guess what? They don't have time to yeah. develop young talent because guess what? We trying to win right now. We don't have, like, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll move these pieces. What I don't understand is a lot of these rebuilding teams, they just shuffle rebuilding piece for rebuilding piece and package a rebuilding piece and move them around. And none of, and, and a lot of times none of them ever actually really get to, to get set and they don't get that, that, that chance because like we said, you'll go from averaging three minutes a game, five minutes a game, not really getting shots, not really being able to build your game. And next thing you know, you're in a new situation or you got a new coach and now you're trying to gain a trust and build an, an, another rapport with somebody else. So I think that's one of the things the NBA needs to start actually giving some guys some chance. No, definitely. I think the whole G League initiative, um, expanding the G League, uh, was definitely a big, a good thing. That, um, and you know the two way contracts and stuff like that. They're definitely mm-hmm. moving that direction because you're seeing so many more guys declaring for the draft coming out of the college after one year, and you know it's only a matter of time until they get rid of the one year out of college and they make it a high school thing again, which, um, you know, kind of wreaked havoc back in the early 2000s because there's very few guys who are truly ready to uh to enter the nba right out Is of high school really like who four or five that we really yeah. saw exactly amari stoudemire kobe lebron garnett yeah. chandler that's about us that's about us um i'm trying to think of jermaine o'neal it might be the last one yeah lou williams that was that, I, forgot that about, I forgot about Lou. Yeah. Pepper, Lou I man. damn sure forgot about Lou. Came out the final odds since the beginning, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They, it's there's very few, so that's but why that's not a lot at all. Exactly, and that that's why that's why I've never been opposed to the one year removed from high school rule to enter the NBA because I do think that there has to be be you know I read a book um like five years ago or so from I forgot who the author was. Uh, who's an NBA analyst who dove deep into uh, the the high school level and you know was the it kind Bill of Simmons? 
I it wasn't Bill Simmons, but it was somebody like that. I forget who it was, but um I think but you know, we kind of dove into that. He dove into like the era where everybody was coming out um out of the high school and basically how it ruined a ton of players' lives mm-hmm. too. You know, a lot of these high school mm-hmm. kids, you know, who could have easily gone to college and upped their ranks, thought that they were good better than they were, and mm-hmm. you know ended up only having a high school degree and nothing yeah. else besides that. So that's why, you know, it's not necessarily the worst thing. I don't yeah. think that's facts. I, I definitely, there were a lot of greedy coaches who just wanted to cash in and lie to players and tell them they could do it also. And that ruined it too. It's just the whole thing. Whenever you can profit off of kids, which is why AJ really hates amateurism and sports. Mm-hmm. You, you invite all of these sharks and, and piranhas, to come feed at the buffet mm-hmm. because it's like it's a in the AAU there was so much and there's a reason why Nike EYBL ain't 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 together no more because there was too much illegal money flowing around oh, there man and I, and I seen it firsthand so it's like those people caught real charges so yeah. it's like around the same time that the Rick Patinos and all those people were getting caught up with Adidas. I'm not going to say names, but there were people, you know, getting caught up at Nike as well. They were able to sweep it under the rug a little bit better than Adidas was. But everybody, it was a pay for play for almost everybody. All the stars that we know, all of them, most of them paid to, were paid to play um, amateur sports, even before college. So it was like that ruined a lot of guys from just being lied to, telling them that you can go just so that I could try to win really up my stature as a coach yeah that's that's absolutely it that's that's the big thing and a lot of you know different opinions coming from different ways and you know some guys you know you take they take advantage of 18 year old kids who you know are averaging 25 points a game and you know you might tell them uh that they're better than they actually are or mm-hmm. they're ready for the big time when they're not mm-hmm. when they need four years of college to develop or something like that so that's that's definitely true. But it was a nice long episode, so we're going to wrap things up. I appreciate everything, guys. That's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. I want to thank everyone who re- tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the 3 and D, and to all those listening via podcasts and YouTube. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the 3 and D. Guys, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can the audience find you guys? You catch us on all major podcast platforms, Three Man Weave, Instagram, Twitter, Three Man Weave underscore. We're on TikTok and Twitch, Three Man Weave underscore. You can email us at podcast.3.man.weave at gmail.com. I'm Hill. That's Cannon. That's AJ, Three Man Weave. Thank you, Paul. Everybody, Thank you, Paul. Of course. Appreciate you guys. Anytime. Got to get you guys to come on again. This was a Absolutely. good talk. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week and stay tuned for more episode updates and brand new episodes coming every Monday at the new time, 8.30 p.m. Have a great night, everyone.